Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Investorpreneur, where investors meet entrepreneur. Here we talk about everything investing, business, raising capital, but I've got a very, very special guest here today to talk to us about solar energy. As you all know, my name is Peter Leung and I'm a global real estate investor. I own, invest, and develop projects around the world. You've probably seen me on videos, on live speaking on stages of thousands, talking about investing with investors and entrepreneurs. I'm also a private equity business and angel investor as well. And today I have got a treat because this is something I've been long awaiting. This guy that I've really been wanting to interview talking about energy. And today I'm going to join, I'm joined by this guy who is a solar pioneer. I would call him a pioneer. And in the past, he's had the, one of the largest solar install, installation companies in the USA. Now, after 30 plus years of this in, being in the solar industry, Barry Cinnamon is now building Cinnamon Energies systems. And now he's focusing on solar and you know battery storage for the commercial and residential space. Of course, now you know you're talking my language when you're talking about ROIs, returns, you're talking about how efficient this stuff is. But I've long awaited for this. Barry, welcome to the show. Uh, it's, I'm delighted to be here, Peter. Great introduction. Thank you. You're very welcome. Because I've been, you know, after we've initially caught up, I said, this is incredible because your message, you've spent, you know, such a, such a tremendous amount of time in this industry, pioneering this industry, making a difference for this industry. And I couldn't be more proud to have you on the show, sharing your experience and sharing your insights about solar and where this is all going. But before we all get going, my question for you, just right off the bat, as a real estate investor myself, and for many of us listening here, can you tell me, is solar really the thing? I mean, it's it's the trending thing. Everybody talks about ESG and all this other stuff. But is solar going to help real estate investors, entrepreneurs, operators, and tenants, are they going to help us save energy bills for the long term. Yeah, you look at it from the, an overall perspective as far as the the cost of solar, and that's that's why this business has taken off so much. And when you look at solar and sometimes solar with battery storage, the 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 ability of those two technologies to produce power when you need it, where you need it, it's cheaper than coal, obviously. It's cheaper than nuclear. It's cheaper than natural gas. So that's transformational. And we can kind of go through what some of the examples are for real estate investors, for building owners, for homeowners, for people who like to um, invest on the financial side. But um, the economics are great and, and it, you don't have to kind of like push them that, that hard. It's already the solution that the world is adopting for climate change. Just for example, in the United States, the the install, install capacity of power generation is dominated by solar and to a lesser degree wind. I mean, zero coal plants are going in, natural gas has fallen off the, the wayside, and there hasn't been a nuclear plant built in the US in 20 years, and it's not gonna happen. So it's, it's fantastic. And this is why I'm still plugging away at this since heck the late seventies, is it's the solution, it works, it's efficient, it's cost-effective, and people who are involved in the industry, they're happy people. And they're, they're solving the, you know, humanity's biggest problem right now, which is climate change. So I love it. 
So based upon that, I mean, it is definitely the trending thing. So how are this from an economic standpoint? How are the payback periods? What, is, what does it take to put one of these things in? Does it make sense? So, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about the, the industry after our, our, our initial discussions, and there's really three industry categories, each of which has different di financial dynamics. I'm just kind of right off the top. Residential, you're putting solar on your house, right? You're looking right. in the background of Hong Kong, single family homes, not, not at the apartment buildings. And for those residential systems, you pretty much always get to a positive cash flow standpoint. And you've got paybacks, depending on the electric rates, paybacks of five to 10 years and lots of financing options. So you don't have to lay out the cash. You can borrow the money and your cash flow is still going to be significantly positive. <clears throat> the second um, segment is commercial and industrial. So you look at warehouse buildings, factories, and things like that. And, and those customers are usually looking, I mean, they're business owners and they, they want to have a fast payback. You know, their, their investment time frame isn't 10 years. You're lucky to get past three. Right. So the paybacks for those systems are like, you know, two to four years. And interestingly, the, the biggest segment is the power industry, utility scale solar, where you're putting these huge solar farms in and you know, just they're going in all over the world in every, in every country. And in that case, the solar, the, the cost of the solar production in terms of value, it's like two or less than two cents or sometimes three cents a kilowatt hour. I, I, I didn't do the, con the conversion into Hong Kong dollars or yuan, but it's, it's way cheaper than any other source of generation. So utilities are like, they don't wanna do the nuclear plant that they signed up for. They're not gonna put in the natural gas plant that they were gonna do. They're like, hey, this solar and maybe some battery storage, it's the cheapest way to produce power. So that's really taken off. So you're telling me that in four years in the commercial space, that there's a full recuperation of capital and you're able to yeah. now actually make money. So, I mean, you've installed all across America. Does it, where, where does it not work? I mean, for that matter, where does it not work? Does it not work in Canada? Does it not work, work where it's, there's not a lot of snow? Is there, does it not work where it's, uh, you know, it doesn't get as much sun? You know, tell me how efficient solar have actually come. I mean, you've seen the whole paradigm from the beginning to where it is today. So there's, there's three factors that affect the um, the payback the, the, the financial benefits of solar and they're they're not what you would think the most important factor is what the incumbent price of electricity is so in places where electricity is really expensive like new york like california like hong kong um, the paybacks are faster um, and in the, in the places that have really cheap electricity usually from hydro like you know parts of the pacific northwest um, you know, it's, it's not as cost effective. So the, it's the cost of electricity. The second, so tax credits in the US, rebates, and there's all kinds of incentives all around the world. And ironically, the least important factor is the amount of sun. You know, if you're in Alaska or, you know, in the Arctic Circle, not great. But, you know, as soon as you get to where people really live in the world, there's plenty of sun to make a really good payback. So you're telling me it's actually not the sun that has the highest 
degree of whether this thing is going to work or not. So are you telling me that places like Australia and UK and in Canada, US and that, you know, solar may actually work for all of us, right? Is this the solution? Is this the solution to the energy crisis? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at the background over in, in Hong Kong and Kowloon. And, you know, right now I'm sure there's tons of solar deployed there and you go past the hills of, of you know, farther back and you're going to find solar farms. So China's, China has um, the fastest ramp up and the most solar going in out of every country around the world. Um, and so there, it makes sense pretty much everywhere. You know where it doesn't make sense? The skyscrapers in, in, in the background. So there's really just not enough surface area to collect the sun. So that's the one downside is that you need a lot of space, a lot of area. And so what, what's interesting is, well, I did the calculation in the US, almost every single one and two story building has enough roof space to generate enough solar to cover their annual electric bill. Almost every building. A two story building can do that. Yes. That is incredible. Like I'm very, you're, you're breaking a lot of the myths that a lot of us investors, real estate people have thought to be, you know, like, yeah, solar's not going to work. It's, it's inefficient. It's, it's, it's too expensive to install. How, you know, typically from what you understand, because you install these things in, in, uh, well, in your, in the past, all over the U.S., and, and now a lot in the Silicon Valley and, every, you know, in that, in that area. So obviously you're dealing with, you know, is there a higher efficiency solar panels? Is there less efficient solar panels? And how, you know, based upon that, you know, can you give us a briefing? Cause you've got people listening from all around the world. How are they going to do this? Like if, if they go, okay, now Barry, I've listened to you. I, I, I want to explore solar. How would you go about doing this? Like, would you just find a company, you know, find an installer, find solar panels? How would you go about doing this? So I would say in every developed city and country around the world, there are companies that specialize in installing solar power systems. There's companies that specialize in residential. There's companies that specialize in commercial, like on warehouses and factories. And there's companies that specialize in utility scale. We in Silicon Valley, since there's no space for doing utility scale because it's kind of built up, um, we just do commercial and residential. So my advice is get, the re get some referrals for contractors, installers in the area where you want to work, where your building is, and just get some quotes and talk to them. Um, and then once you do that, you'll be able to kind of get an idea. And I guarantee you, it's, you're gonna be confused. You're gonna get hit with all this technology stuff. We're, we in the solar industry talk a different language, just like the financial industry talks in a different language. And so it takes a while to learn the jargon, but you're, you will be very well served if there's a successful company in your area to, to you know, find the best one, work with them, and they'll put the system in because you don't want to be on the roof figuring this stuff out. It's the, the first few times it's really hard. And so you hire a professional to do that. Right. So Barry, you've seen, you know, energy and, and solar come such a long way, right? One of the people that uh, have been monumental, I suppose, in this industry is Elon Musk, right? Because of, of Tesla, he's brought in a whole amount of space, amount of attraction 
about energy, about EVs, about energy storage. What's, you know, how has he been impactful to the um, solar and the energy industry? You know, I got, I got my, my, my funny story about Elon Musk is 15 years ago, I was just doing my little solar company and he was just getting Tesla started. And we both testified before US Congress. And I was testifying about solar. He was testing about EVs and both industries grew really bad. He's a, he's a brilliant entrepreneur, brilliant businessman. And um, his vision for EVs has really transformed the entire automobile industry. Now, solar was taking off anyway, battery storage is taking off anyway, but he's transformed um, the EV industry. And, and I think he's kind of doing a little bit of the same thing with SpaceX. So just an amazing entrepreneur. Um, and uh, he's really having a lot of successes with Tesla. He's got some solar products and some battery products. They're doing well, but it's just kind of a little tiny part of his, his um, automobile empire. Right. So with that being said, I mean, so you've met him, you know, early on 15 years ago when you're both developing your respective industries, your respective, you know, uh, intellectual rights and whatnot. So do you see that right now with, you know, widespread, more acknowledgement of the industry that you think that most people should be putting solar in, into their homes? Most people should be putting solar in terms of their rooftops. Would you say that this should be widely adopted at this point? And, you know, how would you see this being executed, you know, being an installer or, you know, having an installation company? Where do you see that? Well, I mean, first of all, we, you know, I've always said, um, if you have a, a sunny roof and a high electric bill, it's a no-brainer. It, it always makes sense, at least in you know California, most places. Um, there are some places around the U.S. and some places in the world where electricity is so cheap that the economics aren't there. But once you've got expensive electricity or moderate, it's just a no-brainer. It makes sense. Um, the, 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 every industry takes a long time to develop. And, and so you go through this product adoption life cycle where the first, you got the really innovators, early adopters, and they're the crazy people. Bizarrely, in my experience here in Silicon Valley in, in 2001, every single one of my customers were senior engineers, you know, in their 50s and 60s with homes. They all had beards. They were all wearing shorts. They were all wearing sandals. And they just wanted solar, even though the economics were okay. But, you know, 20 years later, everybody's interested and there's really the technology's mature the solar panels work for 25 years on the roof it's not like they're going to last longer than your roof i guarantee you they'll last longer than your roof um, and so it's a good reliable thing and there's financial products like leases and loans that kind of get people over a high upfront cost i mean you just imagine where would the housing industry be or the commercial building industry be if there wasn't mortgages and loans? Well, the same things are available for solar. And, you know, the, I, I, I kind of focus on the deployment and the installation side, but there's companies like Sunrun, which is really mostly a solar financing company, and they're doing really well. And there's comparable companies on the commercial and the utility side too. Right. So there's a few questions that have been on my mind, right? And, and people have talked about it. Investors have asked me about it, especially knowing that you're going to be featured in a show, people gave me a few questions, right? So one of the ones that are, I think are relatively common is the production of these solar panels, right? Is it 
I mean, a lot of they, they say, hey, the amount of solar, it could, yes, yes, it's a, of course a renewable energy. It, it, it does great for the, the, the world. But at the same time, the production of the solar panels, are they, I mean, have they achieved a scale where they're efficient to produce? Have they gone to a degree where they are efficient in terms of the amount of light collected or the amount of energy collected? Are they at the point where they're quite good for the environment as from a production standpoint? Because, hey, if you can save money, that's great. You get sun, that's great. But, you know, is there is there any environmental damage in terms of creating these solar panels, in your opinion, Barry? Yeah, the the, um, the the solar industry has been very respectful of these environmental concerns. Not there's a few companies that are outliers where they may do things that aren't um, environmentally sound, but most of them have. So the materials that go into solar panels, this, there's really just it's glass. And by the way, there's a shortage of glass in China, so that's kind of slowing down the industry. It's aluminum. You know, both of these are are, are renewable resources. They're, they're they're minerals. They're mined. They can be recycled. The solar component, the cell itself, is made out of silicon, which is kind of like sand. But you know, there's plenty of that. And then you just have some plastic and wire in there. So um, it's it's not kind of disru disruptive mining industry or anything like that. Um, one of the character, one of the criteria that people look at is okay, how much energy goes into making the solar panel and does it, the solar panel generate more than that? Well, I mentioned the solar panels are guaranteed for 25 years. Right. Most, they're gonna last for 50, but they're guaranteed for 25 years. The energy payback, which is a calculation of how much energy does it take to make it and how quickly can the so solar panel generate that amount of energy? It's like six months. Is so that right? Six months. It's really, it's really fast. Um, and, and you asked about the efficiency and the way we measure the efficiency is how much incident solar energy hits the roof, hits the panel, and then how much is converted into electricity coming down those little wires. And, and the, the most solar panels right now are in the efficiency range of 18 to 22 or 23%. 25% is the theoretical maximum. Um, so they're really efficient. And so one of the, one of the surprises is people think that the efficiency is just going to kind of, you know, keep going up. When I started, the efficiency of panels was averaging around 14%. Now it's more like 20. It's not going to get much past 25. So, oh, that sounds like there's a limit. It, you know, asthmatically gets up to its max. But what's really changed is the price of that solar panel. I mean, what, what used to cost me $1,000 in 2001 cost me $100 now. So right. it's just the costs have come down dramatically for mainly the reason of, of volume production. And, and most of that volume production has come from China and now other Asian countries. Right. So in terms of the field of solar and the energy space, I mean, there was the, you mentioned the solar panels, you mentioned glass, you mentioned energy storage. Where do you see as a visionary yourself, and you have tremendously been sharing this wisdom with me, and also in previous times too, Barry, where do you see the future of, of, of energy and solar? Because, you know, in the past, like you say, there's negligible amount of wind that's really, you know, energy created from wind. 
Um, you know, obviously you got the reduction of the, of the gas, you got, of course, coal, you got a reduction of that. You know, solar is one of the energy productions that have constantly moved up in terms of the amount of energy produced. Do you still, what is going to exponentially, in your opinion, change how much energy is produced in terms of solar versus anything else? Like what's going to make this thing hit critical mass? So, you know, you could say that there's going to be some dramatic transformation of the industry and suddenly somebody's going to come up with something that's way more efficient. We don't have time for that. Um, that's the, I don't believe personally that's going to happen. What's so intriguing is that the current technology, obviously with the evolutionary improvements that we talked about, it's still going to creep up. Um, and obviously with the cost continuing to come down for solar and batteries, it's just the fact that it makes economic sense. And, and from the deployment standpoint, from the installation standpoint, that's where it's going to continue to grow. And you just, you can't snap your fingers and say, you know, zero solar capacity in, in the year 2000 and, you know, 80% in the, in the year 2030. It just kind of grows through a curve. Um, you know, it's funny. I was, I was just doing some looking at how the air conditioning industry evolved. Right. So Carrier and, uh, invented, you know, the air conditioning concept back in like 1905, 1910. And it wasn't until the 1950s where air conditioning really started to take off. Well, they, you know, they, the Bell Labs invented the first practical solar cell in like 1956. And it wasn't until about, you know, 2010 where the industry took off. So these things just take time. Um, and, and that's why I want to, R&D is really important for new energy technologies, but that's why we as, a, as, as humanity, we have to be careful not to say, oh, in five years, there's going to be some dramatic invention that's going to just solve our energy problem. It's not going to happen. It's going to be an incremental, steady growth. And, and you just stay on the pace that we're growing now. And, you know, we'll hit, we'll hit all, the, uh, all the milestones we need to be pretty much carbon zero by 20, 2030 or 2050. 20, I would say 2050, carbon zero. Okay. So it's going to take a lot of that and it's the gradual. So you're saying it's the gradual process and it's the whole industry of evolutionizing. Do you see that, uh, you know, battery storage obviously has been very highly talked about because it's not about, you know, how, from what I understand, it's not necessarily about how much energy is collected. It's, you have to be able to store it in order for it to have the right uses. So how much of this is the restriction of battery for that matter? There's, there's not a lot of restrictions of batteries. It's just a matter of ramping up to production and lowering the cost. It's kind of like the EV market. I mean, you just think about it, how, you know, you had to convince people that you could actually get to work and live and your, your vehicle could be an EV. And then now the price is coming down. The same, the same exact thing was with solar. There's no natural resource shortage. There's no um, manufacturing shortage. What they're, the delays, candidly are mainly coming from very entrenched incumbent fossil fuel industries that, that don't wanna allow public government policies to change that enable the, the growth of solar at the expense of you know, oil, coal, natural gas. Now, you know, in China, it, it, it was a, a much faster transformation, but boy, you see what's going on in the US and you know, we've almost been going backwards for the last four years 
because the fossil fuel industries really were calling the shots from a policy perspective. But mm -hmm. when the policies are, let's just say they're balanced. I mean, you know, have fossil fuels, make sure they get their subsidies, but, but let's make sure that the solar and batteries get the same kind of um, benefits or just do a complete level playing field, none from it. The solar industry and the storage industry will, will absolutely dominate our energy production. Will absolutely, I mark those words, will absolutely yeah. change the industry. So, I mean, okay, so, you know, taking the energy thing, put that aside for a second. There's a second piece that we're vastly interested in, right? Which is a little bit about how you've gone into the solar industry in terms of getting started, having, you know, one of the largest installation companies, right? Exiting that and then doing this again. You gotta be absolutely floored about this as an industry for you to do that. The same industry, like a second startup. So tell us a little bit about that. How did you, you know, land on this? How did you get the vision? Was it from a monetization? Was it from, you know, how the big this industry could be? Did you want to be an Elon Musk? Tell us, how are you back in the game a second time having obviously taken, you know, you've, you've done it all, Barry. I mean, you, you're not obviously after the money here. So what is it, what attracts you about this industry? And as an entrepreneur yourself? What are you looking for? You know, I, the way I started was just, you know, in, in college and, and um, Jimmy Carter, the president at the time had, this was in the middle of the energy crisis. There was a shortage of oil. And he said, the energy crisis is a moral equivalency of war. And I said, well, what about this solar thing? Let's get some power from the sun. At the time, back in the late seventies and the early eighties, it was all solar thermal. We were heating up hot water to make hot water for dish washing dishes and clothes and things like that. Um, and that was a start and I was always passionate about it, but the, the incentives for solar hot water went away when Ronald Reagan came in and I couldn't find a job in the solar industry. So I said, you know what, what's a good thing to do when you can't find a job with what you want to do? Go back to school. So I ended up going, you know, back to school and I got an MBA at the time and I graduated and I, I could, I still couldn't find a job in solar because it just wasn't taken off. So I spent 15 years in the software industry, started up a couple of companies, took one public. And then in 2001, after one of my companies died, I said, well, gee, I wonder how this solar thing is now. And this was 2001, I'm living in California. And I, I kind of dusted off some of my old calculations that I did back in, in college in Cambridge. And I said, gee, you know, the economics are pretty good. And the people that are selling it aren't talking about the economics. They're just talking about how cool it is. I said, well, let me just put it on my roof, see what I think. And then economics were good. And I told my friends, they put it in. And, and it just kind of organically grew into a business bigger and bigger, positive cash flow. didn't have to borrow any money. I ended up trying to raise some venture money at one point. I couldn't. So I ended up doing, a, 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 I went public through a shell, which is okay now. Back then it was really frowned upon. And we did really, really well. And so we did secondaries with the big Wall Street firm. So that was good. And I ended up selling the whole thing to a company in Australia after we had partnered with Westinghouse. I kind of retired for like a few months. And, <laughs> a few months. But just people were calling me up and saying, Barry, your company did such a good job 10 years ago. Can you do our new house or can you help a friend? So I just started, you know, I bought a truck and then I got another truck and then I got an office and kind of grew again. I just like, I like it. It's very gratifying. It's a, it's, we kind of talked about this. 
it's this deployment business doing installations. I don't like to get ahead of myself from a, from a financial standpoint. So we just kind of target growth about 30 or 40% a year. We don't take in any, we're not taking any investor money. We're slightly profitable. Profits go back into the business. It continues growing. And um, it's kind of, for me, more of a lifestyle thing. I mean, I'm working like a dog. I love, but I like doing it. And uh, there's always, I'm a technology guy at heart. So there's always new wrinkles on technology that we find what's going to work. And then we start to deploy it. So we were really early in the storage business, we partnered with LG Chem at the very beginning. So we've been doing that for three or four years. And um, now we're starting to get more involved in the concept of building electrification. Mm. So no more natural gas, no more gas furnaces, no more gas burners, no more gas in your car. It's all electric and it's just absolutely fantastic. So that's kind of how I got into it. And, um, you know, I mean, I look at it from two perspectives. One, if you keep doing something for long enough, maybe the world comes around to where you were. And I was fortunate for that to happen. And then also um, people say, do what you like. It's, 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 I feel very fortunate that what I happen to like also happened to be economically good. So it turned into a business because you can be doing something you like, but if the customer economics aren't good, you're going to be hungry. Right. So Barry, this is, you know, you know, in closing, you've brought a lot of very interesting dynamics for this podcast because you, you've got both sides, right? You're, you're such a lovable guy, right? I fall in love with you. I think your message is fantastic, but yet you're so technically capable. So a lot of us here also have businesses and are, whether in the, the growth phase or a more, more mature phase, what can you share with us in terms of building and scaling the business? Because you also built one of the largest installation companies in the USA. How many, like just in context, right? How many of these installations were you doing like a month? Well, this was, I mean, we were, we were really big like a dozen years ago. So we were probably doing like 500 a month. Right now, um, that's a relatively small number because the industry's grown so much. But, you know, it, it, the, the industry was so early at that point, it was hard to do. I, I kind of, I, I did a, I went to business school. I've got a nice MBA in marketing and finance, right? You, you know, you did planning, you did the business plan. I didn't do any planning. I, I ran it all kind of in my head at the beginning. And then once you get to the point where you've got, you know, 20, 25 people and it's growing and the customer, then you really have to start to what I would just call professionalize it and make sure you're able to run the business by the numbers. But, you know, they, they always say, write a business plan and figure that thing out. I've written a lot of business plans at the beginning. None of them ever worked for me. Nobody wants to hear that. And the ones that I didn't write a business plan for, and I just kind of ran smart and, and careful with the cash and doing things that, that customers really wanted to pay for. Those are the ones that worked out the best. Right. And, and you also mentioned to me that you don't, you don't have any debt, right? You just let it grow. And at a year of 30, 40%, 50%, that's massive growth for most businesses. And it sounds like, yeah, that's just any normal number. Where are you seeing the, the version of, of, of your growth? Are you continuing to want to grow at the same pace? Where are you looking for more expansion? Are you looking for more opportunities? Where, where's your headspace at there? Well, it, so, so when it comes to 
the solar installation business. It's, it's, a, it's a local contracting business. It's inherently local. And I ran a, a big company with offices in six or seven different states. And it was really complicated. And at the time, and we were public. And the bigger we got, the more money we lost. It's really? absolutely different. And, and so, and you think about it, we were doing residential contracting, residential construction. So, so I'm not aware of any residential construction business in the US that's like an electrician or a roofer or a plumber that has national scale. Because there's always the well-known local company that, that is more efficient and just as good. And so we, you, you really can't cross. So my vision is Silicon Valley, big place, plenty of um, demand, kind of leading edge technology. I'm just happy to be the biggest solar company doing installations for homes and businesses with storage in that area. I have no aspirations beyond that. Um, who knows what happens? Maybe we'll partner with another company in the future, but I'm just really happy doing that. And um, it's, it's a good life. That's amazing. Barry, thank you very much. Is there any last words that you want to inspire us to provide your wisdom of the energy industry, of the solar industry, anything that you want to share in, in closing? No, it's funny. It's, it's a little anecdote, maybe, maybe a, a little bit inside baseball, but there's a movie called The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman. And, and he was given advice in this movie. And the movie came out in like, you know, early 60s, or late, early 70s. And his advice was plastics. Get into plastics. And that was the advice given to him. Well, I, you know, I'm in the solar business. I'm very involved on the deployment side. I know the technology inside and out, many of the companies. And what's, what's really transformational to me in the energy industry is software. Hmm. So software is becoming more and more important for the generation, the storage, the you know accounting, blockchain, whatever, the management of these systems. So, you know, in spite of the fact that you think about the solar panels on the roof and the big buildings and the utility scale fields, there's a lot of opportunities on the technology and software side in the energy business. And that that's a good place for, you know, for, for, for people that have that mindset to go attack. Very cool. And Barry, uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. And for those who want to know more, keep this in mind, Barry, you know, you see here, this beautiful voice from Barry. That's also because he's got a weekly energy show, right? Where he talks about his expertise on energy. If you guys want to learn more about his business, his industry, what has inspired you today, please you know, listen to his podcast because I think this is awesome. And you can find the link. We'll provide you the link on the, on the podcast. That way you can listen to that and you can get to understand more about the solar industry. So Barry, thank you very much for joining us today. It's absolutely a pleasure to have you. And thank you for inspiring us to provide your wisdom, your experience, your, your knowledge as a pioneer to an entrepreneur and how this is now going to be something I look at the how I can save money or how I can make money in terms of the real estate I have. So thank you very much, Barry, for joining us today. And, and thank you, Peter, for having me as a guest. You are the most enthusiastic, capable interviewer that, that I've come across. You should do a TV show sometime. Um, so it, it's really a pleasure to be on your show and, and to communicate with people out there in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, go out there and make it happen. And you know what? For a lot of us entrepreneurs in the real estate space, look into it because I certainly am. I'm going to look into how this is going to be an additional revenue stream or an 
a reduction of expenses for my business. So go check it out there. Thank you, Barry. Thank you guys. Have a great day.